Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. In five, four, three. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 11 of Let's Go Blues Radio. My name is Kurt Price. Uh, I'm going to stop my little intro here and say that I apologize for anyone listening right now that we uh, took so long to get going. Uh, We had some major uh, audio issues that we hopefully have corrected enough to uh, get us through this show. And then we can uh, uh, kick some of this equipment's ass uh, in the next week or so before our next show and get things uh, uh, going the way it should. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Kurt Price, uh, and I'm here with uh, my co-host uh, this evening, uh, Mr. Jeff Ponder, whose uh, Twitter handle is at jponder94, so follow us both if you'd like. Uh, Jeff, how are you tonight? It's been a rough start, my friend. <laughs> we, uh, first of all, we should mention, too, that we apologize for the audio issues last week. Um, for those that listened, uh, especially live, I'm sure you noticed that Kurt was kind of loud. I was kind of quiet. Couldn't really hear me, which is odd because I'm a very loud person. Uh, when Kurt and I were doing the show, everything sounded fine. Um, Kurt sounded slightly louder, I guess. And I think to Kurt, I sounded a little quieter, but not an issue. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the way we record the show, but hopefully you're not experiencing that right now. And if you are, Please let us know, and we will do whatever we can to fix this on the fly. Uh, yeah. So it's been it's been a bit of a struggle for the uh, the past little uh, past couple shows. So we'll. we'll Bill go- goes on his trip, and and things just fall apart. Yeah, that's uh, we'll blame it on Bill because he's not here. So that's uh, that's that's the way it's going to go. Yep. Um, so, uh, the, uh, we are live on this Tuesday, December 19th, 2017. This is franchise episode number 114 all time. If you would like to send us a tweet, send it to at LGB radio and we'll, we will read it live on the air. If you would like to join us on the air to talk some of the hockeys, go to let's go blues.com slash radio and click on the join button a little bit later on in the show and, uh, we'll get you on and you can, uh, complain about whatever you would like to complain about because I'm sure some of you have some complaints right now. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, don't forget to check out the, uh, the shop, uh, on, uh, at let's go blues.com for shirts, mugs, and stickers. And uh, I guess we'll, uh, start zipping through the show now that we're uh, over a half an hour late starting. <laughs> well, that's true. But I guess first of all, we would be remiss if we didn't wish everyone a Happy holiday season. This is, this is the, what, eighth night of Hanukkah now, right? Uh, I'm not Jewish, so I couldn't okay. tell you. Well, it's one of the nights of Hanukkah, I believe. And uh, plus we have Christmas coming up, obviously. And then Kwanzaa and Boxing Day after that. So if you're listening, happy holidays. 
Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays from Channel 5. Remember those commercials? I do. Uh, I was just about to start singing that with you. Those, <laughs> those were the best. I wish they'd bring those back. That, that's that's a catchy jingle, and I search for it online, and you can find all kinds of stuff online. I cannot find that jingle anywhere online. Happy holidays to you. Uh, see, I, I enjoy your hat. Nice hat, sir. Thank you. Uh, my mom just found this somewhere and uh, bought it for me and said, hey, I think this hat might actually fit your head. For those that don't know, there's an ongoing joke with this show, and it's very much a truth uh i have a very large head <laughs> i have to uh especially order most of my hats uh because most stores don't carry my size so yes this actually fits my head perfect so it was basically made for me so i mean you can't see it is a st louis blue santa hat so what's the what's the uh uh the the uh, fitted hat size that you would uh, that you wear if you buy it from like lids it'd be like a like the 8 gallon uh or the 8 gallon bucket uh size opening yeah i think it's actually the same size as a uh, gallon of popcorn you get at the uh at the movie theater okay that's actually the size that they put on adidas's website <laughs> gallon popcorn bucket size free refills mhm uh, the official beers of episode number 114, Mr. Sir, gentlemen. What you got? Well, I am uh, kind of switching it up, a beer we've never had on the show before. I've, As those who know, I've lately uh, been kind of going into whatever was in my fridge. Well, I especially bought a beer tonight, and uh, I got the Kirkwood Station Ale Fleur One, which is the official beer of the St. Louis football team. So the local team, go boys. Uh, I've yet to go see a game yet, but um, that uh, and, and I need to get out there. So uh, the beer itself, this is the type of beer you'd want to drink if you're pre-gaming. So perfect for the St. Louis football club. And uh, next time I go to a Blues game, I'll definitely uh, be bringing these and having a couple of these with me in the parking lot before I head into Scott Trade Center. Very nice. I, How are I, you, sir? I am. I am good, and I am. Uh, I'm going to be uh, spouting, spouting. No, not spouting. Uh, sporting, one of uh, Bill Day's uh, in honor of Bill Day's uh, not being Bill Day not being here this evening. Uh, I am going to be drinking one of his uh, his favorite go tos, the uh, Founders Breakfast Stouts, which he has had on the show I think once or twice. You get there with the, the glare on the, on the on the camera if you're watching on YouTube's. Uh, podcast later. This will not do you any good whatsoever, but it's uh, the breakfast stout from Founders. Uh, a double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout, which this is the first time I've had it. It's been around for a while, and uh, Bill is always raving about it, and I finally... <laughs> it it took it being on clearance at Deerberg's for me to buy it, and it's really good. It's, it's really good. Uh, I just got some uh, feedback from Mr. Guy Bensing, and he says that he is getting feedback and reverb from me. So I changed my microphone setting. I don't know if I sound awful or not, but uh, if that continues, Guy, please let me know. There is one more solution I have, and hopefully that one works. Because if not, I'm out of answers. Well, you can always, we can always pause the show, and you could drive to my house, and we could do it right here in the studio. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll be there in 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure Guy will just hang out and wait. Yeah, I'm sure. Enjoy Hawaii in the meantime. Who wouldn't? Uh, which is not hard to do. It's hard not to enjoy Hawaii. I've been there a couple of times, and it's hard not to enjoy it. Good luck with that. 
Yes. Hey, one more thing before we move on. I feel that I should also, uh, I apologize on Twitter for it, but I feel like I should probably apologize for it now. Um, last show, I went on quite the rant about uh, people buying jerseys uh, with their names on it. Uh, just want to say, although I'm not a big fan of it, most of what I was saying was completely kidding. Uh, you're not an asshole if you do it. You're not a bad hockey fan. I just I don't I don't give my seal of approval. Um, part of my humor is to overreact, and that's exactly what I was doing. So I do apologize if I offended anyone. Um, just know that it's it's just not my cup of tea. That was the point I was trying to get across. Yeah, and and Jeff was a little more harsh than I was uh, last show. So I want to kind of kind of change. I'm going to uh, reiterate what I was trying to say as well. I was not harsh enough. I think you are an asshole if you have the the back of the your name on the back of the jersey. So uh, that's that's. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. I figured at least one of yeah, us would right. have to <laughs> call somebody an asshole at some point during the show. I'm joking. I'm kidding. Completely kidding. Um. <laughs> Or am I? Anyway, uh, are you done apologizing for things you said last show, Jeff? Uh, I'm sure there's more <laughs> I should be apologizing for, but I'm going to just hold off until it comes to me what I should be apologizing for. And uh, so I'll, we should probably take some notes this show to see what you'll be apologizing for next week. What's oh, going to happen? I know. We should have a segment. <laughs> things we've apologized for <laughs> apologies from last show uh today in blues history courtesy of the at stl blues history twitter account december 19th uh if you do not if you do not follow this gentleman or gentle lady on twitter um it's established as a, it's a guy right i mean people know this right um can you assume that it's a gentle lady i don't know Most she might not be gentle and I, I, I have, I'm not sure what to say to that. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, today in Blues history, December 19th, 1996, St. Louis Blues. And this is probably one of the better uh, history moments that we've done on the show. Uh, 1996, St. Louis Blues fire Mike Keenan as head coach and GM. Better yet, St. Louis Blues fire team president Jack Quinn. <laughs> and Jimmy Roberts was named interim head coach. Ron Crown was named interim GM. And Mark Sauer named president. So that, uh, uh, where, where, uh, where were you, Jeff, when you heard about the Keenan firing? Do you recall? I do. Um, and by the way, I just did one more change to my microphone because I just received some text saying that I've been echoing. So. Hopefully this helps. Uh, Kurt, you can hear me okay, correct? I can hear you just fine. And okay. the recording locally uh, should be, our podcast should be without echo. So, Okay, that's good to know. Um, yeah, I actually do remember. Um, this was, uh, so I was sitting at home. My dad, as I've said before, is a huge fan um, where I get it from. And it, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a a momentous day in the Ponder household. Uh, he came home and uh, told me, did you see the news? Did you hear the news? And, you know, this was before Twitter and Facebook. So I said, no. And he told me and said, now we have a chance to actually win the Stanley Cup. Boy, was he wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, you know, I, I asked you where you were and you remember, but I, I cannot recall where I was when he was fired. Um, I, I recall vividly uh, uh, being at, was it, it was game seven against Vancouver, I believe, when uh, 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 Joseph had a bad game and uh, we lost to Vancouver after blowing him out in game six, I think it was. Um, and then I think Joseph was gone that offseason. Um, yeah, I, I can't recall where I was when he was fired, but uh, I do remember being happy about it. I was I was happy he was hired, too. That's why I'm mad at myself. When he was hired, I was I was pretty happy. We got him. Um, and then, uh, obviously, when he'd been there for a while, I was kind of you know, like, oh, that was, a, that was not worth getting excited over. Even though he did bring us Chris Pronger. You know, and that's the thing that I've said before, and a lot of people hate that I... Because I don't want to point out that I am not defending Mike Keenan. But something to keep in mind, if it wasn't for Mike Keenan, we wouldn't have Pavel Dimitra. Uh, we wouldn't have Chris Pronger. Al McKinnis, that was him too, right? Was it? I thought it was. I might be wrong on that. But, and please correct us, anyone listening. Uh, but that's... And Terjan, that was him too, right? I think so. I mean, that's cornerstones of that 2000 and 2001 team that, well, I don't want to say 2000 close to the cup, but 2001 and then yeah. even a couple of years after, yeah, McInnes, they almost won the cup. Yeah, McKinnis, yeah. Uh, Kenny was fired 96, and uh, uh, McKinnis came here in uh, his first year was 94 95. So that was, that was Keenan. Yeah. I mean, as much as that guy set us back, he also put the Blues in a situation to win just a couple of years later. And maybe he did that unintentionally because, you know, he traded away a lot of the superstars that people loved here. But at the same time, I mean, Blues had a... They, they left the Keenan era on pretty good footing. But screw Mike Keenan. I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, he... I mean, there's a list. There's a... He, uh, the at STL Blues History Twitter account posted a... A, uh, a clipping of the newspaper from, uh, I guess, as the Post Dispatch, uh, why Keenan's gone. Listed uh, uh, bullet points, which is interesting. And it, I mean, you remember these things. You know, he alienated fans by trading fan favorites, Brendan Shannon, Curtis Joseph, and others. Uh, too many changes in too short a time. Too many players coming and going. Um, spent millions of dollars to either buy out players' contracts or pick up salaries of traded players. Cut back on player appearances, making it harder for players to connect with fans. That's just a dick thing to do. Uh, closed practices to the public. Another dick thing to do. Tried to get rid of Red Hall. Um, which, I mean, you know, Brett Hall and, you know, I, I can see where that, because they didn't get along at all. So I mean, it's either him or, or, or Hall. So I'm, I, I understand why he wanted to get rid of Hall. He was aloof, arrogant, and really willing to accept blame for defeat. Alienated players by chewing them out in front of teammates. Too impulsive and illogical. Made changes for no apparent reason other than the mood struck him, which I think that's more of an opinion bullet point uh, than an actual fact. But uh, lost respect to the players and lost trust of fans and ownership. So those are all valid points. You could also say that he tried to rebuild the Rangers here, the Rangers and Oilers. Well, Blackhawks too, right? Didn't he bring a couple of those old Blackhawks buddies too? Mateau. Yeah, Mateau and uh, how many? Was this Mateau and who else? Noonan, right? Noonan, was Noonan here? Noonan was, yeah, okay. Noonan Mateau, was yeah, Noonan Mateau, and uh, there was a defenseman too, wasn't there? Oh yeah, there might have been. Oh, who was that? Um, God, I got. I'm gonna a couple Oilers, uh, uh, Tikkanen, and 
Uh, was uh, Anderson brought in? Yeah. Yeah. Was Joe Murphy? Was that was that Keenan era? That was Keenan, I believe. Okay. No, maybe that was Quinville. That might have been Quinville. All this, all this, uh, on the fly discussion. Adam Creighton was a Blackhawk. Yeah, I do not remember that. Okay, see so Joe Murphy. Uh, he Mike was Hudson. A- Mike Hudson was a Blue for a while. Okay. That was another Blackhawk. It's hard to tell if Murphy was here because of Keenan, because he was here in the '96, '97 season. And he was fired. So no, he was not. He, cut, he got here after Keenan. Because that'd have been that'd have been. I don't know. That that might have been this year. He might he might have brought him in. Mike Keenan, if you're listening, please let us know. <laughs> you're, you were yeah. the one that brought us. I think he did because uh, he played 75 games for the Blues in '96, '97. So, and if Keenan was fired on this date in '96, that'd have been a Keenan move. Because he'd have been here, I believe. Anyway, uh, and Jack, you know, the thing about letting, uh, firing Quinn, too, is that they didn't mention here that uh, in the list of bullet points where he was fired. You know, he hired Keenan, so he's gone, and gave him unlimited power, ultimately responsible for game shifting a Sunday from Saturday, which is a funny bullet point to have in there. Um, and, and, I did, and I don't remember that. Uh, do you remember that, when games were switched from Sunday to, from, uh, to Sunday from Saturday? And why you would ever do that? No, I don't remember that, actually. That, why, why, would you, why would you even want to do that? Uh, he was the force behind much of the overspending for free agents and had a heavy-handed management style and Kiel Center Partners preferred low-key style. His one saving grace, the bottom line, uh, drowned in a sea of red ink and low morale uh, of office staff. <laughs> uh, been in the job 14 years, time for a change. They didn't mention nothing about the whole Stevens thing because he he's the one that left a, uh, a huge paper trail and uh, with the whole Stevens thing. He kind of screwed us over. He was very sloppy with that. Anyway, uh, this date, 1929, former St. Louis, Blue, St. Louis Blues GM Ron Caron was born 88 years ago today. So you would you could say that 88 years ago today, there was meat on the burner. <laughs> there was probably meat on the burner 88 years ago plus nine months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> meat in the burner. Ah. Wow. We went there for I did. We went there. Uh, there's no rating system for podcasts. There should be. Uh, uh, with our show, there probably should be. <laughs> uh, 1987. Today's date, 1987. Doug Gilmore of the St. Louis Blues was part of the fastest two goals scored in NHL history. Two seconds. Uh, in, the same, uh, in the Blues' 7-5 win over the Boston Bruins, uh, the first goal of the two was uh, scored by Boston. Uh, to get within one, and then uh, Gilmore scored off the opening faceoff into an empty net when they pulled their goalie. Uh, and it went in two seconds after the faceoff. Uh, Doug Gilmore, one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah, mine too. Loved him. He was great. Always, when he played for, uh, when he was with Toronto, I was always uh, bitter. Same thing with Joseph. When you see him in a, in a Maple Leafs jersey, he was bitter that he was, he was, he was there. And the fact that he had a good series against the Blues when they had that epic series, lost. Yeah, and they were they were rivals. They were in the yeah. uh, the the Norris together. So yeah, I mean that's. Uh, he had that 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 rough. goal. He had that goal against Joseph. That uh, that that behind the goal, uh, I kind of sealed the fate for the Blues. I think <clears throat> in that series, that sucked. 
<laughs> yeah, the Blues for a long stretch there, and I guess it still happens from time to time. It just seems like they get burned so much by former players, and it doesn't help that, I mean, they were the team known for years of trading their best players away, and uh, that was that was Doug Gilmore for a period there. Yep, Joe Mullen, trade him away. Oh, oh that was a that was a, a money thing. I think they want to pay him, but still. Yep, and then how many times did Curtis Joseph come back in our barn and shut us out? We did take advantage of him though in that five nothing uh, the Wednesday night wonder comeback. Yep, that, that big game in early November. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I mean it is of, that was an impressive win, but I mean one of the, the greatest games time, in Blues history. The last laugh on the Blues. <laughs> one of the greatest games in Blues history in November. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's and that's yeah that, that sucks because if you ask people what's the greatest game in Blues history, they go, oh uh, Monday Night Miracle. That's in a series we lost. Mm-hmm. So you know it can't be a Game Seven we won. See, my favorite Blues game in in history is Game Four against the Hawks in '93. We swept them. That I was at that game. It was so I'm biased, but that was we won that series. So I'm thinking, okay, that's a game in a series we won. So that, that's that we have that I have that going for me and my favorite. How about how that one isn't up there? And then as well as uh, uh, the Troy Brower game seven against the Blackhawks yes. a couple of years ago. Yes. And then the uh, the one that I think is my favorite game of all time when they swept the Stars in 01. I was at that game as well. I'm sure part of it. But those games never get mentioned. And it's like those were big moments. And any team, I mean, even teams like the Red Wings probably have games like that that are like, yeah, we didn't win the cup that year, but remember that great game seven and that great sweep? Like, for some reason, that gets lost with Blues fans, and I don't understand why that is. Well, um, you know, the uh, – what was I going to say? Lost my train of thought. Um, oh, uh, the game against the Hawks where Tarasenko scored with, like, two seconds to go in regulation to tie it, and the Blues won in overtime uh, in the playoffs. Was it game one or two? I think it was gonna game, maybe game two. Uh, that put the Blues up two games to none in that series, and I think that was the last game they won in the series. Um, yeah. So that game was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, scoring. I mean, Tarasenko scoring on Crawford, and then Crawford's uh, head down on the on the shelf of the goal, like in in in, in uh, you know depression, he allowed that goal, and the Blues winning in overtime. Oh God, that was that was fantastic. And had they, I mean, if they had won that series, that game would be up there for me. Maybe, you know, top three. 99 Coyotes, when they came back and won one nothing, and they were down 3-1 in that series, I think that is a game that should be in the, possibly in the top five all-time I, Blues games. And that that's was, a game nobody mentions. That was double overtime. That was a, yeah. that was a fan. And that was Grant Fuhrer, too, in game six, saying, if we win me game six, and I'll win you game seven. And Jim Schoenfeld, the coach of the Coyotes, guaranteed victory, put his job on the line, and he was fired. <laughs> I mean, that... That had so much more to it for me. And again, it's just so many people don't talk about that game. And it, I don't know why. Ronick Ronick came back and played for Phoenix in that game in that game, game seven with a with broken some, jaw. With a, with a really strange looking uh, uh football like thing on his helmet. Uh which I'd never seen before to protect his jaw. That he was like really ineffective in that game. Yeah, he was. But that was fantastic. A Turgeon scoring overtime. And Ken Wilson called it as the goal for uh 
Ricard Pearson. <laughs> well, I mean, I know you I watch know. that play. Right. It's hard. I, 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 I remember thinking that when that, I, I still remember the exact thought because I hated Ricard Pearson. <laughs> and he scored that goal, and I'm like, oh my God, of all the people. But then when Terjan deflected, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's, I can, I can handle that. <laughs> Pierre Terjan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> since our last show, uh, due to Hutton's injury, uh, we, uh, the Blues did. Uh, yeah, I would say I, I, my first inclination is to say this is a, a un, unusual thing, but in NHL history, it's not that it's, it has happened before a number of times. Uh, but due to Hutton's uh, injury, Huso uh, 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 could not get to the game as the backup goalie before uh, the game started. I think it was on the ninth. Uh, to back up Jake Allen. So the Blues called season ticket holder Tyler Stewart and asked if he would be the emergency backup goaltender. Uh, Stewart had been an extra in prospects camp uh, and whatnot, so the Blues knew who he was. And uh, so Huso arrived midway through the game and relieved Stewart of his spot on the bench. But uh, Stewart got to take warm-ups with the team, and uh, he was the emergency backup for uh, part of a game, like a period and a a portion, I think it was. Huso got there about was it in the second period, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's it, and that that's not. I mean, there have been stories before in the NHL, and I think in the in the rule book, if it's not still there, it was at one time that the the team could pull somebody out of the stands to play goal in an emergency emergency situation. I don't think that's the case anymore uh, because of uh, maybe insurance liabilities and things. But I know they got to sign him to a contract real quick and everything. But uh, but I, 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 there are stories of assistant coaches for the opposing team playing goal for the team uh, in an emergency situation too, but way back in the day. So goaltending, uh, emergency goaltenders, are, there, there are a lot of interesting stories out there for uh, in the NHL, which is kind of... I, well, there's the one, I think it was last year, uh, was it the Hurricanes, where they had, uh, I think it was their equipment manager came in, and um, they... So they had like three seconds left or something, and, and the, the face-off was at the other end. And because this equipment manager had been with the team forever, the coach pulled, was it Cam Ward or whoever was in that, pulled him out and then put the equipment manager in goal for those last three seconds because he knew there's no way the puck's going to get down to him. And uh, so that way he could be officially registered as an NHL player because he saw minutes. That's cool, and uh, that's that's amazing. And we we always talk about, you know, so many people I've talked to at least in, in my hockey circles. I can't wait for the day where that emergency goalie actually has to play. But at the same time, you don't wish that yeah, right. because one, that guy's probably going to get lit up, and two, I mean, this guy, most of these guys are adult league goalies at best. They're not facing hundred mile an hour slap shots from the point. I mean, just imagine a, an emergency. Like Kurt, imagine you're the emergency goalie and you're playing against the Montreal Canadiens, nope. and Shea Weber comes in and blasts a slap shot from <laughs> the hash marks. I mean, you're jumping out of the way. You're not even going to try to make that save. Well, you know what? Uh, maybe I would because if I were to get hurt, then that's even like more more of a story. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, emergency backup goalie Kurt Price, nobody uh, gets uh, uh, <laughs> permanently defigured by uh, Shea Weber. 
Maybe you could sue Shea Weber for it. Yeah. Like he's a, like it was on purpose, like a more sued to Bertuzzo. Uh, not Bertuzzo. Uh, 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 Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi. Yeah. Close enough. Um, no, but, but good for him. That's a, That was an amazing story. Like I said, you see that a couple times a year in the NHL now, and um, it it's just, it's really cool. I mean, they get to basically be an NHL player for a day and um, just a, a dream that we've all had. I mean, I literally a dream that I have had that the Blues have signed me to a one-day contract because a defenseman got hurt. Um, yes, we're all still kids in that sense, and it's really cool that this guy got to live out likely one of his dreams. Uh, also in uh, news since our last show, the Blues president and CEO Chris Zimmerman announced a legal victory in the case brought by Kara Spencer and others during a second admission interview on KMOX uh, on Saturday. So uh, What's-Her-Face is now forced to sign documents so uh, monies will go where they're supposed to uh, for the uh, the funding for the Scott Trade Center renovations or, or whatever the building's going to be called coming up. So. Um, if you want to hear, I mean, I we can have a discussion about this now, but Kurt, you, me, Bill, and then I think even um, the guys from, uh, what is it, uh, Hockey Night in St. Louis podcast. Yeah. We talked about this. I want to say our first or second show of this season, we talked in length. We had about a 40-minute discussion about politics and how this happened. And if you're interested, go back and listen to that. I think that most people are kind of tired of hearing about this now, but I, all I have to say is it was approved. This person should have been able, should have had to sign right away. And the fact that it took this long to me speaks to a hole in the system. Um, I'm not saying she wasn't wrong. You know, she truly believes that there is an issue there. She, if she has the power, she should be allowed to do what she did. But at the same time, uh, I just think that if it gets approved by who needs to approve it, this should have never been allowed. And again, that's a loophole in uh, St. Louis's city government. Right. Yeah. No, I, it was approved. And I think she should have just done her job <laughs> Well, she was supposed to and signed the thing. But whatever. Um, she was she had she was trying to stand up for what she believed in or what Kara Spencer told her was the right thing to do. So uh, anyway, uh, what it's what should have happened happened eventually. So um, moving on. Uh, no, it's, it's great news. It's yeah, fantastic. No, it, it's I'm good news. It's very good. happy to hear it. And I think in the long run, I do think this benefits the city, even though I, I hear her arguments. I do think that improvements to Scott trade, um, since they're not going to build, be building the, the team, a new arena anytime soon. Um, I think it's going to help attract more people for, uh, not just blues games, but concerts and, and other, uh, uh, events that happen there, so I think it's a I think it's a win for the city in the long run. It's a good thing that the the Blues don't need a brand new arena because the city doesn't build new stadiums anymore. No, <laughs> they can't do it. And again, that will not happen until the city and the county are the same, and that will never happen. So yes, they will never get a new arena. They'll move outside the the outside downtown if they if that happens. I've, I honestly wish they would. Yeah. But again, I, I don't think that's going to happen either. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean, there's no, there's no benefit in having the, the stadium there. I mean, it's, there's, it's not like there's a 
booming uh, uh, nightlife area around the, the arena to, 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 to for sta- uh, fans to go to, and, and all this money is being you know influxed into the downtown area after games and stuff from fans. And no, all that money that could be funneled into downtown is just just leaves as the stadium yep. as the game is over. They just all leave and go. So yeah, some go to bars blocks away, um, but most people just go home or go wherever outside the, you know downtown or go somewhere else when they could. Yeah. Anyway. We've, we've, we've again we've we, talked again we've talked about this a yeah. ton but go to south city get a nice plot of land control your own parking yeah that's what should yeah. be done but it's again it's never going to happen yep uh most notable the most notable news i think since our last show is that the blues briefly recalled jordan bennington <laughs> why not <laughs> because why not bennington right mm-hmm. um and he has since been sent back down. Uh, the Blues have. It is gone- worth mentioning, though. Right, sure it is because it's for it's this great. show. It is yeah. worth mentioning. Why hashtag Why not Bennington? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Blues have gone four three and zero with wins versus Dallas, Detroit, Buffalo, Winnipeg, and losses to Tampa Bay, uh, Anaheim, and Winnipeg. Uh, the, the most recently, the loss to Winnipeg, which I guess we'll spend a little bit of time here talking about, um, and we can talk about some of the games if you want, Jeff, but. Um, I, I guess I, what I've noticed uh, was, uh, I guess online, social media, far too many people are uh, all over Allen for this game against uh, Winnipeg, blaming him. Uh, you know, the first goal, uh, Allen was hung out to dry. Both the fence went, go behind the goal. Stasny is the one man in front. He leaves his man in front to slide to try and block the pass, and Lowry's all alone for the tap in on the far side. You know, you, do you blame that goal on Allen? Is that one he should have had? Jeff Ponder, go. <laughs> that's a tough one. I, I, I partially do. I think that's a save that he normally makes. But at the same time, the team looked awful the whole game. They just they did to me. They did not look like a good team. And if that's going to happen, and your goalie gives up one bad goal. You're gonna say that the the, the the loss is on him. I mean, we're gonna get to more on this on in the social media fails. Trust me. <laughs> um, but uh, I just put that game on Allen. And listen, I have I have been a critic of Allen in the past, and I still partially question if he can carry a full load. But I don't put this game on him. I don't even really put that goal on him. I just think no. a lot of factors went into that goal that. I- Go ahead. You know, I was I don't I don't blame him for that goal at all. The only I mean, if you if you if you watch the replay and watch him, he's not he's not square to uh the the puck handler. I forgot who passed to Lowry, but um he's not square to him. He's down on one knee expecting a shot and Oryx which would have been fine if Stasny had stuck with his man in the slot uh in uh, top of the crease. Uh, he didn't. Uh, Stasny left to try and block the pass. So, you know, and then if the pass gets through, Allen's dead in the water. I don't blame Allen for that goal because that's just a total breakdown in defense in front of him, um, even though Allen probably could have played a little bit better because um, the puck got to the guy who's back door wide open. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a puck I don't think you can expect him to stop. So second goal, cool breakdown, goal by goal, because so many people were, were adamant that Allen was at fault in this game. So we'll, let's just look at each goal. Uh, <clears throat> line A on the power play beats Allen with a wrist shot near side. That uh, Allen saw all the way, uh, and uh, this goal, my opinion, he should have had. 
Um, uh, I, I agree. Um, but I will say, um, to compare it, um, there is multiple, multiple times on Twitter when Tarasenko snipes a shot on a good goalie, and then that team fans like, well, that's one Ryan Miller should have had, or whoever goalie. I don't know why he was the first one that came to mind, but that's one that our goalie should have had. These guys, line A included with Tarasenko, these guys are, are snipers. They're going to find those holes. They're going to find those weaknesses. Allen looks up, see line A in front of him. He knows that's Patrick line A. He knows that's one of the best players in the league. He's trying to take away as much net as he can. Line A found a hole and and took it. Now, I will say, that was quite the big hole that he gave line A. So I can see people claiming, excuse me, I can see people claiming that that was a uh, that was one that Allen should have had, but at the same time, Patrick Line is going to expose goalies every single night in the NHL if you give him the opportunity. Yeah, I think uh, my problem with and I agree with you about uh, Line is a sniper, Tarasenko's a sniper. Um, the puck is uh, moving along at a higher velocity than a lot of other players shoot it. Um, and but with that said, you know Line A's position on the ice. Uh, a shot that comes near side on the goalie, any goaltender, uh, goaltender fundamentals, you don't get beat near post. That and, and if you get beat near post, you've missed your angle. So, uh, on a shot from that angle, that distance. Uh, so I think, um, to me, uh, Allen's got to have a better. That's a positioning thing for me, for Allen. Even though uh, it was a hell of a shot. It was. A, I mean, you, the replay. I mean, the the, the slow mo. It's, it's moving. So. Uh, but still, it's a, from that distance near post. I think I think if a goalie misses it near post, it's it's going to be on him every time, uh, just because that's kind of like the the hockey goalie rule uh, by Ooh, default. Sorry, um, I I do think that Mr. Bill Day would agree with you too. I think that he yeah. would say that's one that Allen needs to stop. But. Um, and I agree too. I do think that's a save he needs to make, especially at that point in the game with it being one nothing. But again, I, I I give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, if that's Chris Thorburn, I say you got to make that save there, Jake Allen. But with it being Patrick Line, that's what that guy does to goalies, and and I I give him a little bit of leeway on that. Uh, the third goal. Uh... Shifley scored on what and you know I thought was a beautiful a beautiful redirection up and over Allen's glove as he was cruising down the slot. Uh, again, this one I don't I don't put this on Allen whatsoever. That's just a uh, it's a, it a really nice play, really nice deflection. Um, they found a seam in the defense and they took advantage of it. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't uh, I don't know how you saw it, Jeff, but I didn't I didn't put that on Allen whatsoever. Oh, that's that's one hundred. And ten percent, not on Allen. I mean, that was just that was a beauty, beauty play. That's one that, that Dominic Hasek gives up in his prime. I mean, that's that's just a great play. Uh, me, my feet. If you know, for me, the first thing that I do, even on a bad goal, and maybe just because I've played defense my whole life, is I start trying to point fingers at which of these players missed his man, which ones not in the coverage you need to have. Um, first of all, that's just like you said, I mean, he said cruising down the slot, Mark Schleifley. Ah, just beautiful. I mean, he he snuck in. No one saw him coming. Uh, if you want to point fingers, um, I think Saboko was kind of caught in no man's land 
on that play. He uh, he just you just kind of see him if you watch the replay, just kind of standing around, um, kind of waiting for a pass to come through the slot, the high slot. Uh, and then uh, I think Vince Dunn kind of got lost on which man he was covering, but at the same time, like I said, Shifley just snuck in behind everyone. That's the type of play that that you see, and and I think even a coach kind of throws his arms up and says, well, there's really nothing we can do about that one. Just a a beautiful play altogether by the Jets. And their fourth goal, uh, Morrissey scored when Tarasenko broke his stick, and uh, he decided to go to the bench for another, and uh, they found Morrissey all alone, who... Uh, who was Teres- would have been Tarasenko's man and who beat Allen uh, with a shot. So I, I think uh, that was just a – how many times do you see that, Jeff, where you get uh, – I, I remember – it stands out in my head. I saw Oshi do it uh, before. If you're in your own zone and you've broken your stick and, and the other team has possession, unless the bench is right there, and it's just, I mean, unless you're like 10, 15 feet from the bench, you don't, you don't leave – your assignment and go to the bench because I mean, especially against a team like Winnipeg, uh, a good team. They, I mean, they, they took advantage of that. All, all of a sudden it's a five on three, a five on four with, uh, uh, uh you know, a guy's wide open. So I, I think uh, that I, I put that goal on Tarasenko. Um, he took it, he gambled and lost. And I think, and it burned the blues on that fourth goal. Not that the goal mattered. The goal didn't matter. The game was over anyway, but still, uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, that's just Tarasenko not doing small things, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was trying to do. I mean, that's a that's a play where he's. Uh, I guess he's uh, trying to do too much. He's trying to be aggressive. He's trying hard. He's trying to get a stick and get back in the play. It's not like he's being lazy or loafing or or uh, uh, lackadaisical about something and it cost the Blues a goal. He was hustling. He was trying to to make a play and uh, it just didn't work out, but it was, a ba- it was just a bad decision. And I, I've, I've seen that play not work out more times than it has. Uh, usually when a guy breaks a stick, you stay and you, you keep your assignment and you stay on a man. Um, but uh, I've seen it burn teams before and I, yeah, it, it, it makes me cringe when guys try to make a dart for the bench to get a stick and get back in the play. Uh, when the puck is in your own zone and the other team has possession. No, I agree. And that's, that's a lesson for you kids listening you break your stick first of all it's it's a chain of command your goalie breaks a stick defenseman hands him a stick uh defenseman breaks a stick forward comes back hands the defenseman a stick um the forward loses a stick you wait till the puck's out of the zone you go to the bench you get a new stick and that's just how it works in the nhl and yeah we've i've seen it even in in the leagues i play in where guys they, they lose their stick and you know they'll be pressure in their zone and they just skate to the bench to grab a new stick. Come on, man. No, 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 no. You, you got to stay with the play. Uh, you can still make a difference uh, without your stick. I mean, let's say Morrissey's into the, going into the boards, you know, going to backhand a puck back into the uh, zone. Tarasenko can meet him at the boards and try and kick the puck out. I mean, you can still do plenty without your stick in your hands. Uh, that's just a, a, like you said, just an altogether, just a bad play by Tarasenko. I'm not going to condemn the guy. I mean, like you said, the game's over at this point. If that's the first goal of the game, I'd be a little more ticked about it. But at the same time, uh, uh, he, you know, he's got to know better. And I, I do think that if one of his teammates didn't say something to him, you got to figure somebody said something at some point. You know, Vladdy, 
Pucks in the zone. Your guy scored the goal. You you can't make a you can't try to make a play like that. And I think he knew it right away too. Like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. But hopefully, it's a lesson learned for next time this happens. Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to get down on a guy too much for for a a a play that doesn't work out where he's hustling his ass off. You know, he's he's he just made a bad decision. So. Yep. Like uh, Mark Bergman throwing it in his own net. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, the most bluesiest thing ever. Yep. Uh, the Jets outshot the Blues 46-24 to in the game. We're only up uh, 2 to nothing midway through the third period. So um, I'd say Allen uh, really should have had the second goal, in my opinion. But uh, for the rest of for the most part, for the rest of it, uh, he was really good in the game. He, uh, he really kept the, the, the game from being like a four and five goal game. Uh, going into the third, so uh, I think uh, I think Allen. Uh, I mean, you allow four goals and you still have over a ninety save percentage. You give up forty six shots, uh, and you get twenty four. You I mean, they they scored. They shot outshot you almost two to one. Um, yeah, I, and and you're and you're actually in the game in the third period. I mean, two nothing. You're not out of it. So he kept the Blues in the game for as long as he could, and I just yeah. I don't. I don't understand. So back on the original point, I I don't. And we'll, like you said, we'll touch on it in social media fails with a guy that was uh, off base. But uh, I, you can't uh, blame Allen for this game. I'm. I, I don't care who you are or what your reasoning is. I think. Uh, I think you're wrong because uh, you don't score, you don't win. No, I agree. And, and I know people are going to make the claim. Well, you know, when your goalie's giving up weak goals, loses momentum. That's true, but. I think there's, you can point the finger definitely on him on the on the second goal, yep. first one eh, maybe, but definitely not the third and fourth. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't blame him one bit. And again, it it doesn't matter. They could have scored one insanely bad goal. You still have to score another goal to tie the game. I mean, it, you're not going to win a game when you don't score any goals. That's uh, just standard hockey right there it's standard sports so yeah to blame that entire game on allen is is a joke yeah i i agree uh, the, uh so real quick to touch on other games unless you're wanting no, to talk more about that game go ahead no i was done uh i just want to say uh since the detroit game even in that win against winnipeg i have uh not been impressed with the blues play very much well that's that's after schwartz went down Okay. You want to talk about that first? <laughs> no, no. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was, I was just chiming in when uh, I shouldn't have. <laughs> <Go over there. laughs> That's quite all right. Uh, the Dallas game was good. The Detroit game obviously was a, a big win. It's it's always nice to to get a big win there in Detroit. Um, but uh, Buffalo should not have needed to go to overtime. Um, as I said, the first Winnipeg was was fine. I'm tired of losing games to the Ducks. Good lord, that team is not good right now. They're starting to get healthier. Granted, but man, you got to score some goals on them. Uh, Tampa Bay. This is something else. That's why this is why I was hoping we were gonna have a, a show last week. Um, yeah. I hate to point the entire game at one player, but if Vladimir Saboka <laughs> yeah. hits that empty net, that is a completely different game. And and I hate to say this too because I'm gonna sound like a lounger here. That changes the complexion of the rest of the week. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 
I think they got more confidence going into the uh, home and home with Winnipeg. Granted, they took the game with Winnipeg, the first one, but oh god, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, this is why I would never be an NHL coach. Saboka misses that empty net. He's getting fourth line minutes next game. I don't care if we have injuries. Uh, you're an NHL player, man. It's a one nothing game late, and you get a pass from one of the best players in the game who usually should shoot that puck. You got to hit that empty net. You cannot miss wide there. The uh, I agree completely. <clears throat> I mean, I, I know shit happens, um, and – to the best of them, they, I've I've seen players miss open nets like that before, but um, you know this was a early season big game. You know this was a Blues leading the West, uh, Lightning leading the East, so the top two a, teams in the league. Statement game. It was, and and the Blues and the Blues really played. They outplayed Tampa Bay in this game. They played much better than Tampa Bay. They outshot the, the Lightning. They the faceoff percentage was sixty three percent to thirty seven, which is ridiculous. Um, out hit them, out blocked uh, almost three to one and block shots. Um, they really played a really good game, but uh, <laughs> Vislevsky uh, had a tremendous game. Uh, he is the sole reason that the Blues won that game. Kind of like the uh, the Hutton game against uh, Winnipeg, the first game against Winnipeg. Uh, he uh, stole that game for the Blues, I thought. So. Um, uh, and but yeah, as well as Vasilevsky played, Vasilevsky played uh, had had uh, Saboka scored on that goal, which he should have scored on. He should score that goal ninety nine times out of a hundred. Um, then uh, then that's that game is completely different. It's tied in the third as opposed to uh, and they scored not long after that, uh, like what a minute or two later they scored. Yeah. On the Blues to make it go two nothing. So that was a completely different game. Uh the Blues tie it. They got momentum in the third period. Who knows? So and they were out playing the, the lightning at the time. So uh, you had to have liked the Blues chances if Saboka tied that game. So um yeah, but I mean that's let's hope that it doesn't come down to uh one or two points <laughs> in the end of the season for a playoff spot because that's one of those games where it's like, oh man, we all played a good team and we just couldn't win. So, yeah, and, and you, I mean, you said it too. Vasilevsky, that's a, just an insane game for him. And that was, I mean, that was an exciting, fun game to watch. And again, good on NBC Sports to pick that game up. I mean, I think they had that scheduled at the start of the year, but still, that was, that was good to see that on national TV. I just wish the Blues could have scored a damn goal. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that's one that, that slipped through the fingers and, um, I don't think it's going to come down to a few points with the Blues making the playoffs. I still think that this team's going to win the division. Um, hot take time, I guess, but because uh, it's it's grim right now. But I still think they they put enough points in the bank to start the year, <laughs> and uh, I think that uh, I think they're going to be fine. It's just like you said, a game like that when it comes down to. I don't know who it depends on who's going to be hot at the end of the year, but if it comes down to, well, we could play this team that hit a skid and lost the last four games of the year, or this team that just, just got into the playoffs, but won their last nine games, it could come down to something like that. And I'm really hoping that's not the case, but I guess we'll find out at the end of the year. You know, we were without Schwartz and Petrangelo for this game too, which is, which was why, I mean, without arguably two of your best players, uh, you know, aside from Shen um, and Tarasenko, I guess, but 
two of your top four players, I guess, and and you and you outplay the best team in the East. Who many thought, you know, at the time, best team in the league. Um, and numbers wise, they had the Blues uh, with uh, with uh, goals scored, and I think uh, they had a game less played in the same points or something like that than the Blues. So they had like a slightly better record than the Blues, technically. But uh, but yeah, I, I they, the Blues played a fantastic game, and it's just a shame they didn't get this win. Um, but you know there will be games where they they get outplayed and they win, which happened later on in the week with uh, Winnipeg. So yeah, and that's um, we we mentioned this I think after that that Flyers game uh, that we did uh, post game on. Um, you're gonna run into a, a game where a hot goalie just beats you, and you got one or two excellent chances that miss the net or whatever. That's going to happen throughout the year, but. I feel like the Blues have already hit their quota for that this year. We've said that three or four times now, and I think that's enough. You know, and I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being serious. You know, I mean, these you can't claim that every time you lose a game. But oh well, we got 40 shots on goal, but you know, they just we ran into a hot goalie. I think I think now is the time for the Blues to break out of the slump by beating those hot goalies, getting two or three goals in and winning the game two to one. Uh, it's just not happening right now. And, and hopefully things will start changing this week. I think that happens to a lot of teams. Just, I don't, I, I don't, it just, it seems like it happens to the blues more that they, that they, they outplay a team, but they ran into a hot goalie. I'm not sure why that is. Um, you know, I don't watch every team for every, every game, of every team, uh, nobody can, but uh, I'm sure a lot of fans feel the same way about their team. Oh, you know, far too often we outplay a team but run to a hot goalie. Um, and it just seems like the Blues don't do that quite as much to where they get outplayed, but they they have the hot goalie, and uh, and that doesn't happen. Doesn't seem like it happens that much. It doesn't seem like it happens in our favor as much as it happens against us. No, that is true, and. I don't think that's a knock on Allen. I just think that it's that the Blues seem to have that excuse a lot. And I'm not saying that Mike Yo is coming to the press conference saying, all right, all you guys got to write in your papers tomorrow is hot goalie. Okay, thanks. Have a good night. But I'm saying, you know, the the, the social media pushers of the Blues, whatever they're called. <laughs> um, pushers. The, yeah. <laughs> the pimps. The social media pimps. <laughs> social media Blues pimps. Um <laughs> And then, you know, in some some of the quotes you see from players, oh, you know, Vasilevsky had a great game. Okay, yeah, but you're also elite-level uh, elite hockey players. You should be able to score some damn goals. And I think, uh, again, I, I think Tampa Bay, maybe that's one where I give them and say, okay, yeah, Vasilevsky is having a Vezina-caliber year. But I don't think I can hear that excuse anymore this year. Uh, it's time to put up or shut up. Well, they'll they'll have their work cut out with for them with uh, Schwartz out for another five weeks or so at least. Uh, they are currently tied with Nashville for first in the division. I don't know scores tonight or who's playing tonight. Haven't looked. But uh, before the show started, uh, the Blues are currently tied with Nashville for first in the division with forty six points. Nashville does have a whopping three games in hand. So we're essentially in second place uh, right now, three points ahead of Winnipeg and seven points ahead of Chicago. Uh, we are tied with Nashville and LA for first in the conference. Vegas sits in fourth 
only two points back with a few games in hand on us, and Winnipeg is a point back of Vegas. Um, Petrangelo was put on the IR after taking a puck to the ankle on December 9th versus the Wings. Uh, missed a few games. We talked about that a little bit. Um, and then, uh, of course, losing Schwartz for six weeks or more with a lower body injury uh, from blocking a shot in the Red Wings game. You know, that Red Wings game kind of sucked because we lost Petrangelo uh, and Schwartz in that game. Uh, well, from plays in that game. Uh, Petrangelo finished the game but missed after that. Uh, Schwartz has 14 goals and 35 points, which was among the league leaders at the time. He was on pace for 38 goals and 96 points. Both would have been career highs, obviously. So By far. Yeah, by far. I mean, I mean well, he's been hurt in the past. It, the, the, God, the only thing with Schwartz is he has that injury problem. He's had, In the past, he's gotten hurt before, uh, more so than most players, I guess. So, And that's always been my, my biggest problem with his contract. Um, when the guy's in, he's usually you know worth that money. But if he's missing 20 to 30 games a year, he's not worth that money. Um, I don't think it's going to be that long this time, but we'll see. It might be. Um, well, six weeks, it, it, it might be about 20 games. 20 about, about 20 games, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to say something that uh, I know a friend of the show and our goalie for the Ponder Tournament, Mr. Jason Miller, uh, said to me uh, last time I played hockey with him, um, if the Blues could make it to overtime every game until Jaden Schwartz comes back and even lose every game, he says he's fine with that. That means they're getting half the points that they could be getting. And I think with how many – now you're going to be falling into a hole a bit there if you do that. But at the same time, we talked about this talk about this every week. They got so many points to start the year. They get healthy towards the end of the year. They can start getting a lot more there. They just need to tread water until they can get to a point where they're comfortable with their lineup. I think right now, well, they got Petrangelo back. Uh, so that's that's a huge hurdle. Um I want to say getting Bowmeister back is a huge plus, but uh, we'll see about that. Um, but, and I think if they can make a trade, there's been rumors. I don't know if we want to get into any of those about a possible trade coming up. I know, uh, oh, who was it? Somebody on a radio show recently. Was it, um, I'm trying to blink on who it was. I think it was somebody on Camo X said that he heard that there's a uh, big trade about to take place for the Blues. Um, if something like that happened, Great, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen, and uh, I would just like to see them play 500 hockey. Obviously, I want better than that, but um, if they could just kind of tread water a little bit, I think they'll be fine. Um, well, but they cannot continue at the pace they're at right now. No, and Schwartz has missed five games now, uh, not including the Detroit game, which he left in the middle of, but he scored in that game. So, um, And the Blues have won two. Uh, uh, in the Buffalo game, they won in overtime, uh, which they didn't play particularly well in. Um, and it took them overtime to beat a bad Buffalo team. And they got outplayed in the other game they won against Winnipeg. So, uh, and the other games they didn't play. I mean, Tampa Bay, they lost. Um, but they played really well in. So, we go figure. Um, so, and, and, so, in those five games, they're uh, two and three. So, um, in the the... the in the history of Schwartz's career, when he has been out of the lineup, the Blues are over 500. Uh, it's substantially not as good a record as when he's in the lineup, but uh, but they are still over 500 when he's out. So if they can, like you said, if they can do that, if they can be 500 or a little better, um, tread water, 
if you will, like you said, uh, then I think that's, uh, that would be fine. Yeah. And, um, uh, I, I, I think they're going to be fine. I really do. And I, and I know I've been an optimist this year, which is completely opposite from how I've been in the past. Um, but, uh, they just need to figure some things out. Um, we're going to get into some, some lineup changes here in a little bit. And, uh, I think uh, I think there's been an injection that I think is going to kind of jumpstart this team. A couple of years ago, I want to say it was 2015, the Blues were kind of hitting a skid. They called up a kid named Dmitry Yashkin. <laughs> and Yashkin came in and played like a man possessed. He scored a couple goals. I remember a big one against the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they it jumpstarted the rest of the season. They played, uh, they played very well that year and – um, I don't remember how they did in the playoffs that year. I think that was the year they lost to the Wild, but it was it was a, a, a promising change that um, uh, jump started the Blues to uh, be the play the team they knew they could be. And I think that we might see something like that uh, coming up here uh, with what we saw with today's uh, practice lines. So <clears throat> before we talk about the practice lines, real quick. Uh... The uh, one of the call ups, Sammy Bly, is now on the IR too. So our call ups are now going on the IR. So we're having call ups to replace the call ups. <laughs> uh, he was hurt in the game versus the Jets on the 16th. Uh, tried to come back out and take a shift in the second period, but couldn't finish a shift. So he is listed as having a lower body injury and is on the IR. So uh, Tage Thompson was recalled uh, today, yesterday, yesterday, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so uh, the lines in practice today uh, look like this. Sabotka, Shen, and Tarasenko, first line. Second line was uh, Steen, Stasny, Thompson. Uh, third line, Parvi, Berglund, and Barbashev. And fourth line, Upshaw, Brodziak, and Yaskin. Uh, out of the players we have to choose from, I kind of like these lines. Um, I'm going compl- to complain, but not okay. as bad as everybody else is going to complain. It's- Still not a fan of Sabotka on that top line. Oh yeah, I I get why that's happening, and you need you need to change things up. Steen wasn't really working on that line, and uh, throwing Stastny in the mix a little wasn't really working either. So I get that, but man, I know this is Barbashev, Barbashev, yes. Steen, Barbashev, Shen, and Tarasenko. Put Barbashev on that line and see what he can do. Put Sabotka on the third line, Barbashev yes. on the first line. Yeah, I buy that. Put Barbashev with Shen Tarasenko, and then you have Payarvi, Berglund, and Sabotka as your third line, which is not a bad third line on any team. I, I just try it for a game and see what happens. So Barbashev's a damn good player, and I think he's the type of player that could have chemistry with Tarasenko. But coaches will never let stuff like that happen. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I I, I kind of like these, um, but uh, yeah, I, I have. I've kind of gotten, I guess I kind of gotten used to Saboka being on the top line. And so I didn't, it didn't really uh, phase me as being something that would change. But uh, now that you bring it up, I'm like, yeah, I would like to see Barbershev and Saboka flip flopped uh, to give that a go uh, for more than a game. Give it a few games. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I, I think a lot of people are way more up in arms than they should be. I mean, it's just, there's injuries. You got to find somebody to replace Schwartz on that top line, especially since he had such good chemistry with Shen. But, yeah. I will agree in the sense that Saboka, no matter the team, no matter the lineup, he's not a top line player. He can't 
provide the type of offense you need on a top line. So he misses he, open nets. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, been established. He's, he's a great checker. He's an excellent checker that can put pucks in the net every now and then. He's not a guy that you can put on your top line that can fill the score sheet every night. It's just not going to happen. I think uh, I think you are on the nose with that analysis. Good job. And the guy that I'm talking about earlier is Tage Thompson. Uh, we saw him earlier this year. He didn't seem ready. Uh, from all accounts that I've heard of people that have seen him play since, have said that he looks motivated, he looks ready, and uh, he looks like a different player even from um, uh, preseason and training camp. So I'm excited to see what he can do on that second line. I think Steen and Stastny are a nice fit for him. Um, and, man, I, I just I hope he has – that's the problem with rookies. And, and I, I get it, but I, it annoys me too. If they don't have a good game at all, even if with these injuries going on, they're benched. Yeah. So I really hope he comes in tomorrow night and has a good game. He's got to put up or shut up right now. Just, I mean, only because, like you said, when he was called up earlier in the season, he didn't uh, look like he was ready, uh, didn't play particularly well, um, didn't look as good during the season as he did in training camp, which is not, you know, shocking since the regular season's a completely different animal than the uh, training camp. So, um, I'm not expecting him to do much um, just because of uh, the way I, the way he played early in the season. And um, even though he may seem motivated now, I think he's pointless in his last eight games or something um, in the minors or goalless. I can't remember if it was pointless or goalless. Um, but production-wise, he hasn't been uh, doing much uh, lately. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Well, I also uh, answered Guy, uh, our friend Guy Bensing, which if you want to follow him on Twitter, at Hawaii Blues fan, um, he says he thought Thompson is a center. Uh, he is. He's a center and a right wing. Um, he, uh, I want to say he played center at University of Connecticut, but I want to say he also played some time on right wing with the under-18 team. Um, a lot of players that seem to make the, the national teams – are centermen because they, they like two-way players and most two-way players are centers. So I want to say on that under 18 team, he played a lot of right wing for them. And uh, let's just put it like this. It's an easier transition for those that don't know to go from center to right wing than it is from center to defense mm-hmm. or something like that. So uh, it's, it's a position I think he'll be comfortable in and, uh, you know, playing with Steen and Stastny. Uh, I think he's going to feel very comfortable uh, being able to uh, kind of have two guys that can keep up with his speed a little bit. I would say it's a. I would. I would say it like this. I would say that the it's an easier transition to go from center to right wing, than from right wing to center. Yeah, so I agree. With I, that. I I think uh, see you can you can put a center uh, at a in a winger slot, and uh, they'll be okay. Um, but putting a winger at a center position is a lot different uh, animal. So, and something to keep in mind with that too is coaches are hesitant, and I do understand this to put a rookie at center in the NHL because again, centermen are relied on to be more of a two-way player um, because they have to cover the third man in a lot. Whenever there's a breakout in the other zone, Um, they have to lay back in the zone a lot in the offensive zone a lot. Sometimes Uh, in that situation, if there's a defensive situation where maybe you have a lead and you're trying to be a play cautious, um, so they yeah so they they uh, they don't want to put a rookie at center 
and they're going to avoid it when they can. The only time you'll see them do that is if there's just a slew of injuries to centers on the NHL lineup. And yes, he I believe he is six six. Guy just asked us that. Is that correct? Uh, I can look it up. I'm t- it up. Uh, six five is what they list him okay. as. So Which on means- skates, I'm sure he's six six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, guy also said that uh, the Tampa Bay goalie Vasilevsky said the Blues were the best team he faced all season. Yeah, I think he actually said that the Blues are the best team in the West. Um, uh, the which. Or maybe maybe said both, but the yeah that which which from which makes sense because the Blues played a fantastic game and I'll play Tampa Bay. They, Tampa Bay probably hasn't seen uh, teams outplay them uh, like that much this year, so that makes sense coming from uh, coming from him. Um, guy also says that uh, we need to join the Blues quest for the Cup on Facebook. We'll have to do that. Well, <laughs> we'll we'll get right on that uh, after the show's over. Uh, let's see what else we got uh, up next for the blues uh, in Calgary Wednesday night 830 central time flames are currently 17 14 and 3 and in 10th place in the west um, I haven't looked at their recent record to see if they're playing better lately let's see Calgary they're 4 4 and 2 so the last 10 they're about where the blues are point wise they've got 10 points the blues have 10 points so uh, it'd be nice to win in Calgary uh, Mike Smith just got his uh, was it was it five hundredth win? Is that right? I think so. Um, let oh me fact check myself, but I was amazed by that. I was That's... like, oh man, maybe it was, I'm, I don't know. Maybe it was five hundred. He start. has he has been around for a long time. He has, uh, and he uh, he had a couple really good years there with uh, the Coyotes. Yeah. Um, let me look here. Uh, he's. Oh, wow. I was way off. 500 start. <laughs> um, I guess games played. 500th game played. Uh, but he just got his 200th win. That's what it was. Okay. So way off there. I was going to say. You know, still wow, impressive. Uh, like you said, what's, he has been around for a little while. I'm going to say, what's the most wins all time for a goalie? <laughs> Six, <laughs> 660. Okay. 680. It's Brodeur. Yeah, I know it's Brodeur. Okay. So yeah, uh, 500 for Smith would have been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but no, I, I, it should be an interesting game. I, uh, I'm not sold on the Calgary Flames this year. Uh, Sean Monahan and Johnny Gaudreau are having good years, but uh, I'm just not sold on them. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for the Blues to step in and start playing their game again. And um, I don't know, just. Uh, I'm expecting a big effort tomorrow night. We'll see. And again, with with having Tage Thompson in the lineup, maybe at some point you see Barbashev move up in the lineup. Uh, I think that could, the injection of youth might bring out a new Blues team, and uh, I'm I'm really hoping we see a, a change here tomorrow night. Well, the game is in Calgary, and the Flames are under 500 at home, and they're much better on the road. They are five over away from home. So that's the Blues have that going for them too. That Calgary does not tend to play as well at home so far this season, and they're minus five on the goal differentials too, with uh, 102 goals given up and 97 goals scored, which compared to the Blues is uh, yeah, almost almost the opposite. So, um, do you want to do some Blues social media fails? Of course I do. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, a number of them tonight. Um. 
first off, we have uh, a few from the uh, the St. Louis Blues Lounge on Facebook. Um, so if you're not familiar, I'm gonna go ahead and open up the uh, the show here too. Let me see. Let's go ahead and save that. I'm going to uh, I open the show up for listeners who wanted to maybe join the show um, and talk some hockey with us uh, while we talk about the Blues social media fails. So after Blues social media fails. Uh, if you guys wanted to uh, sound off on something, uh, go ahead and uh, join the show, and then uh, we'll talk about that after the blue social media fails. Uh, yes, and how, Kurt, how can they uh, find uh, that link? Let's go blues.com slash radio. And you can join the show that way. There's a link on there. There's a button to click on, a graphic, if you will. Uh, so the blue social media fails, uh, which are uh, comments that we find online that uh, we uh, find humorous or interesting or ridiculous or asinine or at least conversation worthy <laughs> uh, first off in the blues uh, the St. Louis Blues Lounge on Facebook uh, Alden Crossett uh, said uh, okay if any of you could do better I ask you to please step up and reach out otherwise accept the fact that goalies have off nights and move and move on were still atop the division W-E-R-E uh, and the Western Conference so shut the fuck up which is it was in response to a uh, Jake Allen, uh, t- the folks who were upset at Jake Allen. So um, I, I just I, I like the I like the the people who um, when the Blues aren't playing well, I, and it, it just I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. The people that say it's okay, guys, we're still a good team. We got a great defense. We got a good goaltending. We got good offense. We got good fans. Good ownership group. This is a good team. I love the Blues forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, it's our generation um man because because 20 years ago you didn't have to hear this crap the only time you would hear it is on the post-game call-in shows or uh the next morning when uh, radio shows would be talking about the game uh now it's instant there's a goal given up and you jump on twitter or you jump on facebook and you see these rah rah guys and at that point in time that's the last fucking thing you want to hear you want to hear i mean i'm not saying you want to hear the oh trade them trade them all they're all awful get rid of them fire yo but you don't want to hear the rah rah stuff it actually it for me at least it's worse at the time because i could just pass off the other people people who say fire yo i say that's just some moron when you hear the rah rah guys, you're just like, "Oh, shut up!" <laughs> I know, I know. It, they come off as if it's, if it's a, and I don't want to be sexist here, um, but I'm gonna be. Um, which is what usually follows when someone says, "I don't want to be racist, but I'm gonna be for a second. Or I'm, I don't want to be sexist, right. but but here's my sexist comment. <laughs> you can't you can't preface your racist comment by saying, "I don't want to be racist, but I can't help it." Here we go. Um, doesn't work that way, but I'm doing it. So, uh, but if you're if you're a female, it almost comes off like you're one of the puck bunny girls that just you know they they just oh I love the blues no matter what. Or if it's a guy, it's like I just think that they're just like oh it must be a new fan or um, or a kid or something, you know that doesn't really like when I was a little kid watching the blues, you know I could see no wrong. It was always like oh I hate the other team and the blues are fantastic and that was it. So um, now that I'm older, I I I, I kind of get both sides of it, but. Uh, Jerry Merritt uh, from the St. Louis Blues Lounge stated uh, he was upset at Allen. Allen didn't face 94 goals. Uh, I think he meant shots. He meant shots. He said goals. But Allen didn't face 94 shots. Okay. 
Hutton gave up zero goals. Allen gave up four. Same team. So that is that is apples and oranges. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. You can't. That's such an asinine comment. You can't just say, "Well, the same team scored four goals on one goalie, and the other one they scored zero. Obviously, the one they scored zero on that goalie's much better." Games change. Not there's a, games are like snowflakes. <laughs> they they are no, none of them are the same. Do you want to take the third one because I think it's the most funny of from the Blues Lounge? I would be happy. <laughs> From Andy Brown, uh, need help? What is the proper way to wash a jersey? Have ten jerseys, never washed any of them. <laughs> okay, for you to have had ten jerseys means you've had some of them for quite a long time. Because unless someone buys ten jerseys all at once or in a very short period of time, which is rare, that doesn't happen. It fell so, off the back of a truck. Right. This person's had these jerseys for years, and he's never washed one. Um, I wash my jerseys. Not a lot. I don't wash them a ton. I wear a shirt underneath, and I don't wear them. I don't wash them every time. If I wear them to a Blues game, I wear them for a few hours, take them off. Um, now if I wear them like all day long, well, yeah, I, I'll wash it. But um, yeah, but to have ten jerseys and never wash them, that made me laugh. Yeah, and, and how do you wash your jersey? I turn it inside out and wash it. Uh, I don't know, normal or or delicate or whatever. And then do you, what do you do to dry it? Oh, I hang it up. I don't, I don't put it in the dryer. That's exactly what I do. I put it on delicate, uh, low spin cycle. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I turn it inside out as you do and hang it up on a doorknob. That's that's how I wash them. You really don't want to put jerseys in the dryer that have the uh, the iron-on vinyl letters, like the, the, the jerseys you have like made like at the printing press down the street or something, mm-hmm. like, for, like for pickup games or whatever. Yeah, those will peel off. Eventually. Oh, yeah. My high school jerseys are completely torn up. Yep. So we got a few. I got a, kind of a, a little preface here for the next uh, next chunk here of the social media fails. This was from Twitter. And this was a this was a conversation that uh, a number of the social media accounts, the Blues social media followers that uh, that you may be familiar with, you know, uh, 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 Minnows Arena and... Uh, uh, Fabry's hair was involved in it. <laughs> um, but both great follows, by the yeah, way. right, exactly. But uh, so the St. Louis Blues official account tweets out: Winnipeg gets another. Okay, Winnipeg scored a goal, and they, they tweet you, out. You wanna? Do you wanna split this up in some sure. way? Sure. Sure. Let's. Uh, do you wanna be Zeke? I'll and, be Zeke, and I'll, and I'll be the others. Zeke has quite a few posts. Yeah, I'll be Zeke. Okay, I'll be you. Be Zeke. I'll be everything else. Okay, so Zeke is uh, at Zeke. Z-E-K-E underscore blues. Uh, so, same with blues. Official account, as you said. Winnipeg gets another. Talking about another goal. Zeke says, At this point, just fire Mike Yo if he can't take Jake off the ice. Fucking ridiculous. So, Fabrius Harris said that Dallin was the only reason it wasn't 12 to nothing versus the Jets. So, he responded to Zeke in the 4 nothing loss. And then... <laughs> and Fabrice Harris says again, What are you laughing at? Allen made several huge saves and the Blues defense left him out to dry. The line A goal, sure. The others, Jets players embarrassed our defense and were in perfect position. The only goalies who make those saves make them one out of ten times. I wasn't saying it was all Jake. Pareko and Petrangelo were both unhelpful. 
just should have made a switch earlier. We had nothing to lose. <laughs> and Fabrice Harris says, except Hutton had played the night before, and Allen hadn't done anything worthy of getting pulled. His save percentage was still well over 90% for the game. Despite laying four goals, the defense was off. At this point, just fire Mike Yo if he can't take Jake off the ice. Fucking ridiculous. And uh, I decided to chime in. I responded, uh, I thanked him for his future contribution to our Blue Social Media Fails segment. <laughs> <laughs> to which Zeke responded, You're obviously so stupid that you don't even know the definition of an opinion. Thanks, though, Kurt. Yours means so much. And then other people start jumping all over his, all over this toolbox. Uh, so, and uh, criticizing him for this and that. And so, and then he says... Uh, he goes on a rampage here. Uh, my opinion is my opinion. Not going to further explain why Jake should have been out. Good day. Uh, you all value your pathetic little podcast way too much. LOL. And he he blocked a few accounts. He blocked uh, Minos Arena uh, and someone and someone else. And then and someone said that I had better watch it or else he'll block me. And then he said. I guess for good measure, I could block you all since this whole season you'll be standing up for the players that suck ass. <laughs> and then I was blocked. <laughs> um, so this guy, man, this guy hates Allen. Um, he's uh, he's just one of those guys that uh, saw the game. And what I don't understand, and I'd love to have him on the show to talk about why he felt Allen was so responsible for that game. Because really... It was a two-to-nothing game, midway through the third period. When exactly was Yo supposed to pull Allen? He's at two-nothing. He's playing very well. They've had like 40 shots. Um, he stopped. You know, he stopped. It's allowed two goals. Uh, when was he supposed to pull him exactly? I mean, I, I, after the second goal in the in the second period, really? After two goals? No. Um, I don't. I, I would. I, that, that makes. I don't know when he was supposed to pull. Uh, Allen, according to Mr. Z. If it was 3 nothing after the first period, okay, yeah. I don't care if Allen made 40 saves in the first period. Go ahead and pull him. I agree. Maybe, uh, you know, get a different look in there for the Jets. Maybe it frazzles them a bit. Maybe it turns the Blues on. But third period, when they scored that third goal, pulling the goal there is not going to do anything. The Blues are already deflated. Nothing's going to change that, except if they score a goal on their own. And obviously that never happened. I think if you pull Jake at that point, it's almost a it's a it would backfire on you. It would just piss Allen off. I think. I, I, I you pull him with three nothing. It's a three nothing game uh, midway through the third. Um, uh, the only reason you would pull Allen is if you wanted to maybe start him in. Say there was a game the following night. Say there wasn't a game the night before, uh, which there was. Um, which is another reason why Hutton probably should have came in because he played fantastic, worked his ass off the night before, uh, and got the win. So it's not like you got a goalie who's had four days rest on the bench uh, behind Allen. Even if you wanted to pull him after two goals, which is not going to happen, no coach is going to pull a goalie after two goals you know, in the second period when he's playing well. And this guy can, can disagree with he was playing well, uh, but he's wrong. Uh, Allen was playing well in that game. Um, he had a ton of shots against him, saved a bunch of goals, uh, a few that he that were fantastic saves. And like I said earlier in the show, it really could have been four or five nothing going into the third period. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, like I said, it's it's one of those things where I, I would have, I, and it's funny because he he blocked a bunch of people that disagreed with him, which I thought was interesting because nobody was really mean to him. 
um, or no, I, I read through that whole yeah. thread, and then I'll admit I was watching in real time, just you know, kind of doing the Michael Jackson and eating the popcorn. <laughs> um, and and uh, I, I when when uh, I think it was Minner's Minner's Arena said, you know, uh, hey, you know, he's probably going to block you, and um, then you said that you were. I'm like. I read through the thread like two times. I don't, nothing negative was said. Just people disagreed no. with them. Yeah, it was. It I, was it, I do not understand people that do that. Like, you only want people that agree with you, and he must be a Trump supporter. Them was, them was fighting words. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, people. I mean, people. I people disagreed they, they disagree with him online there's the, there's a certain level of you know uh i don't know if you call it you know, people weren't 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 like really nice about it i mean they disagreed they, they said really you're, i think you're wrong um nobody called him names uh and he got upset and blocked a, a handful of people so that was i guess he just didn't want to hear negative feedback on his comments uh, which, as you and I both know, we welcome that on this show. Yeah, I honestly like any of you, even if you're a Trump supporter. I'm kidding. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I have to apologize <laughs> for making jokes about our um, our fearless leader. Um, no, uh, in all seriousness, I mean, I would love to have anyone on this show who disagrees with anything we've said. And I promise you, we may make jokes, but we're not going to, to make fun of you. We're not going to call you names. We we welcome the debate, and we want to know what other people are thinking. We don't want to just tell you what to think. So, yeah, I I would love to talk to this guy and and really pick his brain on why he thinks that, that Jake Allen's at fault for that game. I don't think he has a good reason. He's just going to say that he should have had some of the goals that he didn't get. So, you know, I, I it, it's this here's this is this is the, that's the that's the problem with um, and I'm not saying this guy is that, but I've noticed in my life being a lifelong blues fan follower you know of, of you know, before the internet was around listening to the callers from on sports talk radio um, the people who don't tend to know quite as much about the game always default blame the goalie first for for losses and for goals against because the goalie allows the goal it's it's his fault um that that's that just seems uh logical to so many people when there's so much more to it than just i mean there's so it's ridiculous you you really do have to overanalyze each play if you want to try and figure out who is responsible for a goal against it's not always just the goalie um it's not always just because a pl- certain player <clears throat> Steen, isn't scoring uh means he isn't doing anything on the ice at all um so oh Steen hasn't scored a goal in, in forever uh, he sucks no he doesn't suck he's just he's he's got other aspects to his game that are whatever but so anyway uh if, if, if there you don't if you're new to the game, if you're fairly new to the sport, or you don't feel like you know the sport as well, or you never played the sport, um, so you don't really know the inner workings of actual play and how it breaks down, uh, try not to default blame the goalie for every goal. Um, uh, sure, the goalies are to blame for some goals um, on most nights, but uh, yeah, quite often uh, it is it is not just the goalie's fault. I uh, 
I've been that guy. I've been the guy that blames the goalie for every goal. Um, least favorite player probably of all time, at least on the Blues, Brent Johnson. <laughs> I was not a Brent Johnson fan. Um, that guy, I, I just feel like he he would make the big saves, but the weak ones always went in. And so it got to the point for me where every time he'd give up a goal, the first thing I would yell, I would raise my arms up and go, God damn it, Johnson. <laughs> and there were times, though, where the play was, I'd watch the replay and I'd say, ah, you know what, that was, you know, so-and-so should have picked up his guy or, oh, that was just a really good shot. All right, I take it back. But I feel like even people that don't, that even the people that don't want to blame the goalie but still do, I feel like they they a lot of these people watch the replay in their mind. They're still they're thinking, uh, that might not have been his fault, but they're still outward projecting. Oh, that was Allen's fault. Well, they also it, it's not always the goalie's fault. Well, and and it comes down to is that someone may not know how to break down a play. They may not know who was responsible for who on the ice or who missed an assignment or where a player is supposed to be and he wasn't. Um, to them, it's a goalie not stopping a puck from a guy that shot it when really that guy should have had a guy on him and shouldn't have been in that great scoring chance, that, that great scoring position where the goalie had a little chance to stop the puck. So there's so much more to it than just a goalie stopping a puck, which is, is I guess it's frustrating for someone, for people that, that, that are, you know, overanalyze stuff because we do that we overanalyze everything uh hockey wise um it's it's for those that that don't care to analyze it at all um so I, there's a there's a there's a two extremes butting heads there really i remember a game that i was at um when it was i believe it was the patrick laleem year um yeah it was uh back when jerome mcginla was jerome mcginla and he used to, for those that remember, he scored pretty much every game he played the Blues there for about five years. And uh, there was a goal that was scored. And the Blues were down like three or four nothing, so the crowd was pretty restless. And uh, Jerome McGinley took the puck, uh, toe-dragged, and then put it right between Barrett Jackman's legs, probably 10 feet out from the net. And just a hard shot, top shelf, no chance for the lean. And uh, this guy behind me stands up and yells, our goalie's awful. Get him off the ice. And I just turned around. I go, did you see where he shot that? Did you see the move he made? <laughs> and he goes, doesn't matter. Goalie's job is to stop the puck. <laughs> and I wow. said out loud, I go, yeah, you're what's wrong with hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me and just goes, fuck this, and then just left. And I was like, thank God that left. We don't need you in our building, sir. Yeah. Did it, did I ever tell you about the time I got into a uh, scuffle with a with a guy at my uh, my brother's high school ice hockey game in uh, in no. uh, Webster Groves? <laughs> uh, you did not. Uh, Freeburg was playing, uh, I guess it was Webster Groves. Uh, the Webster Wings, I think they were, or are. Um but uh, yeah, there was a. I'm sitting there watching the game, and when my, my parents are there, I'm home from college. I think it was, and uh, watch. I'm got this big, huge camcorder on my shoulder. Yeah, I'm recording the game. 
uh, and there's this lady about four rows in front of me, four or five rows in front of me, who is with her boyfriend or her husband, and she she obviously she didn't know hockey like she acted like she did. She was very vocal, um, yell not not positive. She was very negative, yelling. Uh, she mistook a linesman's offside call, the raised arm for offside, and then brings the arm down when the player is clear and uh, they clear offside. So they, they're onside again. So she thought that this, this official was raising his hand for a penalty and then changing his mind and putting his arm back down. And so she uh, started to bitch about that, and among other things. And I got tired of it. She was loud and annoying. And I told her in not so many words to shut up. And <laughs> <laughs> um, her, she turned around and looked at me and said something to me. And I just kind of looked at her like, eh, what do you want me to do? Shut up. And so her boyfriend, her husband, got up wearing a Pittsburgh Penguins jacket, a black coat. I never, <laughs> I never forget the jacket. Um, and he just walks over to me. It walks up the stands up to me. I'm like, oh, hell. <laughs> and uh, shit. So he comes up to me. I, I go, so I go, here, mom, hold the camcorder. She holds the camera. She's like, oh, my God. And so I stand up and he comes over and we just grab onto each other. And he, he was coming pretty quick. He just grabbed onto my 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 coat and I got onto his and I I remember my I remember the feeling my hands I had his coat grabbed his coat I just kind of turned it and we both had hold of each other kind of just like pulling and shoving and about three or four guys uh, jumped up and kind of just broke it up before anything was thrown and I'm like I didn't know what I was gonna do I was just holding on I, did, I was not gonna hit this guy I was like just don't let him hit me it was kind of crazy. <laughs> and so my brother was this guy bigger than you uh i don't know it's hard to tell when the stands i was up higher than he was for a while my brother said he was on the bench <laughs> during the game and the whole team is watching the fight and watching the the almost fight in the stands the skirmish you <laughs> <laughs> would have been awesome if he would have done like a Liu kang drop kick on him as he was uh walking up the stands <laughs> you. oh man it was i'll never forget that that was that was pretty funny <laughs> but yeah, his wife or girlfriend or whoever it was, um, was yeah annoying because she didn't. So did, know- you, did you leave after that? I no, mean, sat back I always down. wonder what happens with the aftermath after something like. that. I sat back down and they sat back down and they were like five rows apart, so we weren't, we weren't like really close. Where it was enough, where I guess it was enough distance for them and me, where we just kind of just you know she didn't say anything. She she shut her mouth the rest of the game, so mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess, uh, let's see, a guy has tweeted a couple more, uh, let's see, uh, he suggested that we, uh, make a social media fails, uh, a show all on its own. <laughs> I would get on board with that, which we could do. We could do that. Um, and he also said the, uh, you know, I'm kind of a rah, rah guy, pun intended and wait till you join the blues quest for the cup. I guess they're rah, rah guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I guess they are. Uh, unless we get a contestant here at slash radio for trivia, if anyone would like to take on Jeff in trivia, we may save this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, guess through the end of the show. So we've got about probably looking at five to six minutes left. So anybody who wants to join and do trivia with us, uh, slash radio and the join us now link. Uh, it's multiple choice. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. Uh, next, uh, the next show for us will be. Uh, we're looking at probably. 
if we do one next week, Tuesday the 26th. So we'll have to talk and see if that works. Yeah, I mean, that works for me right now. But uh, It's the day after Christmas, so we'll have to see what people got going on. I should have nothing. I should be in for that. Um, anything else we got on Twitter? That's about it. Guy says open up. Not sure uh, what that means. Are you not seeing the the uh, the option to, to join? Guy, is that what you're trying to tell us? Is it not open? It should be. Oh, there he is. He's joined. Ah, there he is. <laughs> Little uh, trivia with Guy. Hey, uh, you got me wrong on that. On that uh, tweet, yeah, the Blues Quest for the Cup are the exact opposite of our raw guys. And they cannot stand Allen. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. They sound like a fun group. Yeah, that's why I've been trying. I think for a couple of weeks now, I've been trying to get you guys to, to join it. And I've tried to send you uh, invites, but you're not my friends list. I can't send you an invite. Oh, yeah. I'm not on Facebook a whole lot. I, I don't. I yeah. kind of ignore a lot of my stuff on there. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, but I, I really feel like uh, you guys would enjoy that, and that would make your social media fails its own <laughs> or its own show. That's you know that's not a bad idea. We could dedicate we do a special half hour show once a week to the social media fails. Just be a bunch of dicks on the air. That's what we could do. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I got I got to say this, and get, I, mean, I know you only got a few minutes left, so I want to qu- make it quick, but. Between the two games, and yes, I know it was totally different, but it felt like to me the team plays different in front of Hutton than they do Allen, and that Hutton got to see a lot more shots than Allen does. And while I know it didn't affect a couple of the goals, and I didn't get to see all the second game, my uh, I was out with the family, phone wasn't working that well, so I didn't get to see all of it, so I can't make a full statement, but it, to me it just feels like they do play different. In the in the two games in, uh, win, uh, the, against Winnipeg, I I thought I thought the Blues played pretty. Uh, they didn't play a whole lot different in, in the two games. They they were, I, I thought they were kind of bad in both games. But uh, I don't know. What I mean, Jeff, what did you I mean, did you did you see a, a difference in the way the Blues played uh, in the two games in front of the different goalies? Uh, you know, I I do think that there is a certain element of that. I do think that. Um, I haven't really noticed it too much with, with Allen and Hutton, uh, you know, guys, I'm not saying guys wrong. I mean, you're probably right. I, but I do remember with, uh, the Brent Johnson, Fred Brathwaite era, um, them playing completely different styles in front of them. And I think coaches preach that judging on how the goalie likes to play. I mean, Allen's an aggressive goalie and I don't think Hutton's as aggressive. So I'm sure that there's probably different defensive structures, uh, being placed out there uh, for the two goalies. Again, I haven't noticed it too much, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Yo is telling his defenseman, hey, you know, uh, Allen likes to come out to the top of his crease, give him a little more room out there. And with Hutton, it's, hey, collapse in and, and make sure that uh, no rebounds are getting out. I, I kind of saw it the opposite. It looked like uh, the team was allowing – Hutton to see the shots better. They weren't in there blocking them, but with uh, Allen, they're obviously blocking shots, and that's where all these injuries are coming from. I mean, again, my opinion. Um, let me uh, head it pulled up here. Let's see. Is it the this against the Lightning? Let me back it up here. We can check out the 
Uh, see, we uh, we blocked twelve shots. So that went, and then when the in uh, the loss, when the loss where Allen was in net, we blocked uh, six uh, nineteen shots. Now that's not to say that we were what the percentage was and shots taken, but uh, there were more shots blocked uh, against Allen than against uh, Hutton by seven. So you hear Guy echoing? I don't hear him echoing. Just just a thought process. Okay. Um, did you want to play some trivia there, Guy? Time. I'll get I'll get my ass beat again. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, so, uh, the, we got the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill trivia shootout sponsored by the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Um, so this, uh, this week's trivia is going to be, uh, pertaining to captains. Captains. Oh boy. So that's the theme. Is every answer Eric Brewer? Uh, no. (laughs) No. Um, okay. So. Question number one. Oh, let's do uh, uh, Jeff. You can go ahead and text me the answer, and then uh, Guy, wait till uh, I ask for your response, your answer, and then you can give it to me, and then we'll go from there. Gotcha. Again, I have a reputation to uphold as I am undefeated this year. Yeah, against Bill, who was the former uh, mo- uh, trivia mogul for this year. Yeah. And Jeff has uh, done well this year. I've been. Uh, I spent the summer uh, boning up on my blues knowledge. Boning up. <laughs> All right. Question number one: uh, Who was the Blues captain during the 2010-2011 season? A. David Backus. B. Eric Brewer. C. Dallas Drake. 2010-2011 season. Jeff, you are first to act. A. David Backus. A- a David Brewers. A, yeah, Bacchus Brewer okay. Drake. Drake. Alright. You sent it? Okay. Yep. Alright. And guy, what'd you say? I'm gonna go with Bacchus. Okay. Question two. During the 1990-91 season, who was the captain? A Brett Hall. B Garth Butcher. C Scott Stevens. 1990, 1991. I gotta ask a question. I thought there were two captains that year. Uh, I thought Hull got his. I thought somebody got their C pulled for part of the year. Not this year. Okay. Okay. Give me the. Uh, we can, give me we, the can, we can double again. check that, but I don't think so. Um, question two. Uh, 1990, 91 season. Hull, Butcher, Stevens. Uh, when did I? There it is. Okay. All right. Uh, Jeff's answer is in. What do you say, guy? You got me. Stuck, you got me second guessing myself now, but I'm gonna go with Hull. Okay. All right. Question three. During the '67, '68 season, A. Al Arbor, B. Barkley Plager, C. Red Berenson. Jeff's answer is in. C. And uh, you go with Plager. Or uh, Berenson, sorry. C? Yeah, C. Berenson. That was your guess. Okay. Uh, question four. During the 89-90 season, A, Rick Mahar, B, Bernie Federko, C, no captain that year. 
8990. Was it Mahar, Federko, or no captain that year? Oh. And uh, and Jeff's answer is in. All right, guy. Yeah, um, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'm gonna go with no captain that year. Uh, question five: the 85-86 season. Was it A. Bernie Federko? B. Greg Pezlowski? C. Brian Sutter? Jeff's answer is in. C. Guy's answer is in. Okay, in the bonus question, question number six. Who was captain for more games as a blue? A. Bernie Federico. B. Shane Corson. C. Rick Mahar. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. Is, is, is that more games as a more games as a captain overall, or more games between those three? More games as a captain as a blue. Federico, Corson, Mahar. Oh my lord! <laughs> uh, Jeff's answer is in. What do you say, guy? This one feels like a trick question. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mahar. Okay. I thought Bacchus was had set the record for the longest. That's not the longest. That's more of those three. Do you want to change your answer based on that? Or do you want to keep no. it? No. Okay. I'll keep it. I want to say the longest tenured captain was Brian Sutter, was it not? Oh, I didn't look that up. Um, it, it's not important. We can answer you, that next You might show. be right. <laughs> that might be right. Okay, so we have a winner. Just to let you know, one of you guys did win. The, yeah, not uh, me. So question one, uh, <laughs> the captain during the 2010-2011 season was Eric Brewer. So Jeff got that right. I couldn't remember what year that trade was. <laughs> uh, question number two, during the 90-91 season, uh, the answer is uh, Scott Stevens. Jeff got that right. Now you said, uh, guy, you thought that was a dual captain, uh, a yeah, I captain? thought there. I thought Brett Hull started as captain, and they had trouble early in the year, and they pulled the C. They went with three A's, and then made Stevens the captain. Um, let's see. So this is a uh, ninety. This is a uh, ninety ninety one, and so we're looking at. Uh, yeah, it's just got Scott Stevens listed uh, as captain. Okay. Doesn't have two. There are some years where there are two listed, like uh, when Gretzky came and Corson gave it mm-hmm. up for him. There are two listed there. Uh, what Gretzky had 18 games and Corson was 77. So is it, it then the 92 or 92-93 should have been the year that Hall gave it up or Hall got it taken away from him. Keenan took it away from Hall one year. Uh, it's listed here as Hall. Oh, uh, Hall had it for actually for parts of the 95-96 season. It was Hull, Gretzky, and Corson. Okay. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> My memory's gone. Okay. All right. Uh, question number three. During the 67-68 season, uh, the captain was Al Arbor. Check out that one right. During the 89-90 season, question four. Uh, Rick Mahar was the answer. Jeff got that one right. 
So I guessed on that one. Did you? You yeah. guessed correctly. You guessed correctly. Question five, the 85-86 season was uh, Brian Sutter, and you guys both got that one correct. And question six, who was the captain for more games as a blue? Shane Corson. 77 games. Rick Mahar was 76, and Bernie Ferrico was 66. That's a tough question. Wow. That is really tough. 177-176. That's hard to – that's almost a guess kind of situation. But uh, Jeff did not miss any of the top – the first five questions. So congratulations, Jeff. Sorry, guy. Hey, at least I didn't go over. No, you did. You that's true. One for six. Hey, you got uh, you got the Brian Sutter one right. That's all that matters. One for six. That's uh, good for a passing grade in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that's cool. Uh, thanks for playing, guy. Hope you had uh, a good time playing. Well, anytime there's a game on Wednesday, I get to play on Tuesday. <laughs> that was the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill uh, trivia shootout. Yeah, and if you have not been to the Blue Note Sports Sports Bar and Grill, which we have not been in a while, uh, it's a great place to check out if you're in the Maryland Heights area. Um, great place to catch a game, and uh, they got bubble hockey and pinball machines and uh, selection of beer. So definitely check them out. They have old. They hey, have... let me let me give a quick shout out if you don't mind. Sure. Um, on the thirtieth, the We Bleed Blue fan group is doing a watch party at that sports bar. Uh. And I talked to talk to Tom. They're gonna uh, if I can get a watch party here in Honolulu, they're gonna do a Skype so we can Skype during the game. Uh, cool. All right. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. <laughs> it's also my birthday. So. What what day is this? The thirtieth. Okay. Of this month, right? December. Yeah. Okay. So December thirtieth, a watch party at the Balloon Sports Bar and Grill, and you may see a guy Skype in, right? Yep. <laughs> You're telling me that Tom is not going to pitch up the funds to fly you in for that? I wish, man. You know, if you guys could talk to him and get it to happen, I could get a couple of days off work and might even convince the wife to let me go. <laughs> well, there you go. I'll, I'll tell Tom he's got to fork over the dough. You know, at the uh, Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill, they have uh, bingo nights uh, with, with with blues uh, raffle prizes and things. They have all kinds of different uh, events going on there, too. So it's uh, check out their Facebook page. Um, well, they announced that stuff, so it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. So you go there, check it out, and uh, maybe and they give away things, they the raffles, uh, entries, um, people that show up, they you, you get a ticket for for the entry, and you can get win. They they give away the the blues themed uh, vodka bottles and uh, jerseys and uh, all kinds of stuff. So meat, they give away meat, I think. <laughs> There's always tickets to a game. Yeah. Um, I think we're, I think that about wraps it up for this show. Uh, so that'll do it for this week's episode. Unless you guys, uh, wanted to, uh, where can people find you on Twitter again, guy? Um, at Hawaii blues fan. At Hawaii blues fan. Okay. Facebook. Um, I'll get my regular name, Guy Bensing, and I'm in just about every blues group there is. Uh, so that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Don't forget to check out the uh, Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri, like we talked about. Um, so for Jeff Ponder, uh, and I'm Kurt Price. Thanks again, Guy, for joining us. Uh, that will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go hey, blue. Yeah. Delivered a pizza two weeks ago, I think it was, and I opened the door, and the guy's wearing a Schwartz jersey watching the game. <laughs>
Oh yeah. Nice. I had I had to give him a Let's Go Blues. He was from Belleville, and um, I have a in Belleville that um, Bob and Michelle and I'm probably gonna say their last name wrong. Coats. They just sent me a blues package with stuff they get from the game. They're holders. I want to say thank you so much to them, and thank you guys for letting me come on. This is really a thrill. Of course, guy. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Cool. Yeah. So let's go blues. Let's what? go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.